0: Oh, on a beard, on a beard, on a beard, except I gotta sneeze right when it comes in, in, in a minute. Well, what we're gonna do is, first thing we need to ask is, what's 81 Squared? That's our show prep for today, you know, and I'm just, I, yeah, where did that come from? Anyway, why did that come up?
1: Uh, you were counting to four, so I counted from five to nine. But then I didn't want to go no, ten because that's too obvious. Stop, so dude. I went nine eighty one, and then I thought, well, okay, nine squared is eighty one. Eighty one squared is anyway.
0: Now what the hell we came up with sixty five?
1: Welcome to my mind. You know, it should have been eighty one cubed.
0: You know, st- stop, stop. <laughs> I, was <taking> a, <laughs> I was taking a nap. You know, and I get and alarm goes off, and I get up, and I'm eighty one squared. You know, I'm like. No, make it stop, man. Okay.
1: <laughs> we won't a... tell people what you thought the answer was.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I went, um, I go, that's ah, uh, 1,600. To... I don't know why I didn't, whatever. I wouldn't even, I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, it's 81 times 81, whatever the hell that is. Now, The one thing that I want to, um, uh, numbers I want to make sure we hit is uh, rubles and gold and this oil thing. Because, uh, yeah. you know, the first thing, because we've always known that whenever, you know, the gold standard, I mean, the uh, dollar as a reserve currency for the world goes, you now there we go. That's been one of the telltale signs. And here comes bank yep. holidays, here comes revaluation of currencies, lopping off of zeros. Uh, all of a sudden, you're, you know, $10,000 is worth, you know, $100 or whatever, because they've said, you know, new math or something. And... Uh, and what you know, how do they do that? How is it? It's just that, uh, well, you know, they just revalue the money in your account, and it's, uh, it's different now. It's, you know, and then we'd make fun of it's purple script money. Because they used to change script was money that they would pay, like, monopoly money to people in occupying, you know, it's like, a, it's not U.S. dollars. It's uh, Army script in the country of whatever the heck you're at. And, they, you know, to prevent counter-continental dollars. Yeah, not worth a continental, you know, which was um, the they just made up money during the revolution. Well, then they go and they say they do the Constitution and we'll redeem it, you know, one-to-one while they were out, while they're doing the Constitution. They're all buying it for a nickel on the pennies on the dollar. That's where that comes from. And um, so then, um, you know, it's always— Because of a
1: British counterfeiting operation, by the way, but— then again, that just goes to prove the point. If they can print it up, then the British can print it up. Why not?
0: You know, I remember... You know, the, you probably... This is America. Um, you probably don't remember... There was a series called Daniel Boone. Do you remember that? You know, it, was, it was a TV series in the 60s or something or something. You know, Daniel Boone was man man. You know, he killed a bar when he was only three kind of thing. And um, it was... Um, and I remember there was, uh, I didn't know Daniel Boone was contemporary or anything with the revolution. I think that was part of, anyway, what they had done is um, uh, to lessen the value of the British pound. I think it was Ben Franklin was a printer. You know, he had, you know, and they were just yeah, trying to out counterfeit each other or something all the time. You know, because then you you know, devalue their currency and you just do this kind of stuff. Well, the point I wanted to get to is that when the petrodollar gets where you don't have to have U.S. dollars to buy oil anymore, which Putin goes, eh, you know, gold or ruble, you know, maybe some crypto or whatever, but definitely ruble, probably gold, definitely ruble, okay? You want to buy all this energy from me, you know, natural gas for, you know, the uh, Western Europe, uh, and it's ruble now, because it's ruble now. What are you going to do about it? Well, we don't want to, and we can't, okay, well, then you... Uh, you don't get no oil. You know, it's kind of like that scene from Caddyshack. Well, then you don't get no coke, you know. So this is-
1: Well, OK, actually, I should stop because it's a little it's a little less complicated than that, actually, but it's not quite that. So it isn't that they're saying you have to pay rubles for this gas. What they are saying, if you actually go and read Putin's order, he's saying that in order to fulfill the contracts that you've already signed for our gas, what you're going to have to do is open an account with Gazprom Bank which is a, I, I'm assuming, Russian state-affiliated, any Russian-approved bank in Russia that will accept your dollars or yen or pesos or whatever in any, uh, you know, approved currency. Yeah, but they're uh, going to convert it. In, yeah, in Russia. And then they'll sell it into the, uh, the capital markets in Russia for rubles. So it, it, they're not even asking for rubles. You pay in whatever you pay in, but you're going to pay it directly into Russia, a Russian bank. So that it can't be sanctioned beforehand, because what the U.S. is essentially Ah, saying is, oh, yeah, sure, Europe, you can continue to transact in you know, with but you do it in dollars in a European bank, which then we're going to sanction anyway. So they can't get those dollars. Right. So, of course, they're just saying you have to open an account with Gazprom Bank. That's that's essentially what they're doing. But. That does cut out that sanction possibility anyway. And it certainly does change the nature of the uh, the transactions that are going on, because, again, that cuts out the whole SWIFT delisting and all of that you sort of Damocles that uh, not just isn't hovering over Russia, I guess was actually dropped on Russia's head in the past few weeks. Okay,
0: now give me give me the um, the creation of SWIFT. I know it's SWIFT. It's the, I don't know, it's the, it, the money mm. transfer mechanism system of they, them, those said, yeah. and you got it in the dollar of whatever. And they go, eh, not so much anymore. We're going to go do our own thing. Even India, you know, I remember them, you know, this is something of interest we need to talk about this. India, I remember, God, 10 years ago or more, they, um, uh, of course, Iran has been on the naughty list, you know, forever, and you're not allowed in sanctions of don't do it or we'll be mad. And I remember uh, India came in with, like, $200 Two hundred million dollars in gold and goes boom. We're paying in gold and give us our oil. Done. They go, oh man, well they didn't like that none too much. You're not allowed. You know, here you got a billion plus whatever. I don't know, quarter of the population of the planet in India and they're just buying gold. Any you know, buying oil with gold and whatever and they can suck it. So now they're doing the same thing with Russia doing gold rule whatever the hell they want to do. Now they yeah. have you know, uh, yeah, you can pay in whatever you want. But you do it, these banks, and I think it, is it just one? I thought it was like three or so. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's whatever they say. It might have
1: been, but I know Gazprom Bank was one of them.
0: So they go in and they say, all right, we need some all in the all bedness and here's our whatever. And then, of course, they convert it and then, you know, do whatever they're going to do with it. This is the death knell of the U.S. dollar, which is the petrodollar, which used to be good as gold, which is not. You know, Nixon closes the goal window, Ron Paul goes into Congress knowing eventually this would happen. I'm sure he's shocked that it took this long, but he's still kicking, and it's happening, you know? So uh, you get all the, you know, Ron Paul was right kind of stuff. And um, so now what? You know, and explain the SWIFT system, and I always got the impression that they wanted— to negotiate to get their leather chair at the mahogany table of Swift of we rule the planet kind of crap. You know, that's what's really going on. Or the WEF or the build a, you know, secret handshake club empire of order of something. And they want to do whatever they want to do. And this is just theater. But it looks like, nah, the dollar is going to be sacrificed for what? And explain Swift.
1: Okay, you've just asked about 20 questions I know, in one, so let me see yeah, what man. I can handle here. First, I think um, for 2D chest dwellers, this is an incredibly interesting time. There's so much going on. You raised, for example, the specter of India, which I noted at the time that it was happening was doing its oil for gas swap, uh, sorry, gold for oil swap um, uh, to get around the uh, Iranian SWIFT sanctions back in the day. So this is not entirely new. We've been in this territory before, but it's just not on this scale before. Um but uh, yeah, and now so there's that strange tension that India is trying to ride of playing both sides of the field as it were in w- when it comes to this divide that's happening right now. And you see that reflected in things like the Quad, which was this uh US backed based uh idea for uh what was it? US Australia uh, was it Japan and uh, and India? I don't remember. I don't remember who's in the quad. <laughs> but but was quad. Uh, they've been relying less on that idea. This, this whole thing was, that we're going to have this Asia-Pacific alliance that's going to be against the Chinese hegemon. So they this U.S. State Department, in case you haven't noticed, has even rebranded the Asia-Pacific as the Indo-Pacific, and they call it the Indo-Pacific now because it's not Asia-Pacific, it's Indo because India is our partner. Wasn't Malaysia part of that? Sorry?
0: Wasn't it Malaysia?
1: I don't believe they were part of the Quad, but I'm sure they're they're in ASEAN and, you know, the broader groupings that are available, the TPP. Probably. Yeah, I got some
0: questions to finish on your thing here. Go.
1: Well, I was going to say, so the quad um, was was being touted a couple of years ago. This is going to be the bulwark against China. But now you'll see there's a lot more action happening around AUKUS, AUKUS, which is Australia, UK and the US um, that are in a type of security slash economic pact, um, again, trying to counteract China. And they're announcing now that they're working on hypersonic weapons and electronic weapons and other advanced technology to counter the Chinese threat. They're, they're going that uh, route through AUKUS rather than the quad, because the quad seems less effectual because what side is India on and what's their game? As I say, there's all sorts of stuff going on. That's endlessly fascinating. If you're into this 2d stuff on the SWIFT, Uh, system itself. I've written about it several times in the past. Uh, Type SWIFT into my search bar and you'll find reports I've got done done going back to at least 2015. Uh, I had one in 2015, China's SWIFT alternative and the engineered death of the dollar. And I followed that up in 2018 with the death of SWIFT and the engineered death of the dollar. Uh, Making the point about China's SWIFT alternative that they've been working on for several years now, the CIPS, and I'll have to look up what that stands for again. I just remember the acronym. Uh, the China International Payment System. So this was touted as the SWIFT alternative that China's working on. Don't worry if you get delisted from SWIFT. If you're on the SIPs system, you'll be, you'll be covered. Um, and it, which would presumably tra- facilitate transfers in yuan as well. So helping to bolster China's case for at least being uh, part of the basket of currencies that will form the backbone of the next world reserve. Um, but as I noted at the time, um, when Swift was launched, it didn't even have its own infrastructure for actually doing the, the payment clearance. Um, so they were actually piggybacking through an agreement that they had with the Swift network. <laughs> That's right, SIP's payments were working on the Swift network. I haven't done any recent research to see if they've updated that or if they've moved off of that. But at any rate, from their inception, they were working off the Swift network, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny um, and goes, to, I think, to the nature of what's really happening. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, guys. China and Russia, they're they are totally opposed to this globalist system. Anyway, um, you asked an interesting question, though, about the development of the SWIFT network, which at any rate is not coming to mind. So I don't remember... If I've ever even looked into the origins of it, what year it developed and what, you know, what the original agreement was, that would be a fascinating study. And now that you've put that in my head, I'll probably be writing about that as an editorial in the future so that I can inform myself and hopefully inform others about it. Um, because as I was saying recently, I can't remember who I was saying this to, uh, maybe uh, James Dellingpole. I was saying um, he was bringing up the idea of Swift and uh, talking about e- even during World War Two, they weren't delisting people on it. I, I said at the time, I, I don't think there was a SWIFT in World War II. Yeah, no, I think the, they did the
0: listing on... or listing. That was never, that was, you know, what the good of gold as gold thing meant. You well, know, there was no I, I don't think there
1: was a SWIFT in World War II. I no, think that, that by, international that's my payment point. network you know, was developed post-World War II.
0: When, so I... when Woods happened and they're doing this mm. good as gold, that was the point, is that the U.S. dollar yeah. was the world reserve currency. Yeah. It's like gold that you, you present, right. you get, you're done. You know there is no, and obviously that
1: was in the Western world. You know this side of the the uh, digital or the Iron Curtain. Um, Well, it made it obviously the Soviets had a different system, right? That was the basis for the post World War II era. Yeah, but it still
0: made anybody on the planet it's easy to convert dollars. I mean, you know, dollars was you know the reserve. It was like it's supposed to be like gold. That was the point. You know. Well, now it's like, eh, not. And I remember the Swiss. (laughs) Hey,
1: sorry. Can I stop you while this is on my mind? So you're always saying, put things out, you know, quantum nature of reality. Here's what I want from someone in the audience. If anyone knows a great study of the history of the financial architecture of the Cold War, specifically how the Soviet system banking system interacted with the Western banking system and what kind of agreements were in place, if anyone has a, a good one volume history of that in English, let me know. I would love to read it.
0: That would be interesting. You know, I, I think I know who to ask, too. You know, that, that, what brought it to my mind You know, it was, um, you know, the first things when they started talking about, and it would be good to get this history, too, when they first started doing the sanctions, you know, that you're not allowed, the, you know, they're the prohibiting them, you know, you don't get a do kind of thing, and um, so... What comes to mind, of course, was the Eastern Bloc and the Soviets and so on, and then Iran. It was always Iran, 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 you know, so um, a lot of this was with Iran in mind. And there was China and Russia and stuff, too, but Iran keeps coming up all the time when it comes to trade in uh, international trade exchange rates, creating their own bourse, their own commodity exchanges, you know, they're doing, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And then uh, China's Belt Road thing. Yeah, the one here you know, I, I, I found, out, I was looking for it when you were talking. Um, it's uh, the Quad, what is it? It is the Quadrilateral Security Dialogue, but it wasn't a NATO. You know, that was the one thing to go, no, oh, it's not NATO. It doesn't have a armed forces, which is probably the best thing of the, the whole deal. But it's the um, United States, India, Japan, and Australia. Right. Yeah. You know, and that kind of surprised the United States because you know, they're involved in anything. It's just whatever the hell they want to do, you know. but um, um, I think, you know, at
1: base, it's a U.S. thing. They're the ones who put it together. US in thing. Back end.
0: You know, this is what happened when they had the um, new world currency coming. And it was the, you know, we joke about The Economist, you know, which is um, Rothschilds, right? You know, yeah. uh, the economy oh, well, we
1: used to be, used to be yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, um, uh,
0: so you have, uh, the world currency, the world, o they want to go to. And, uh, I remember when the Amero was a big thing, like in no seven, mm. you know, they were yeah. going, um, yeah, man, you know, in oh seven seven, they were, you know, it's the, uh, it's, you know, they're going to do the Amero, you know, North American, Canada, U.S., Mexico. And I'm going, I was talking to a legislator, you know, pal and I did this, you know, state coin gold thing. And I go, you know, um, they're gonna go straight to the world though. This is uh, I'm not thinking they're doing this a marrow deal. I go, You got you're not thinking big enough. They're going the world though. You know, this is they want a one big giant well, how would they have don't know, that's what they're gonna do. And then that's yeah. when I started here Let me interrupt you. So right.
1: this is this has always been my thing. Um the world though, I agree. It is a world system and there is a world reserve currency at any one time. That's not going to change. But The way they will do it, I think, I always thought they're not going to do it as, "Hey, hey, here's the world, oh, and everyone will use this one currency. No, 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 of course, you'll have your national flavor of currency, and it'll say dollar, and it'll look like a dollar, and you can use it like a dollar. But on the back end, the central bank level, it will be a world system that's set up in a certain way. And I talked for years about the SDR, the special drawing rights of the IMF, as being a potential for that kind of thing. It's undoubted at this point, undoubted that it will be some sort of central bank digital currency that will be, because now they're talking about not just CBDC, MCBDC, right? It's a uh, multi, is it called multinational central bank digital, or whatever they're calling it. And now they're, they're working on these test pilot programs they have for CBDCs in all the different central banks. I think it's 80% of the world's central banks are now at least piloting or testing CBDCs. And now they're starting like I can't remember who was, Malaysia and someone else. They're starting to test you know, inter-CBDC compatibility and whether you can swap directly through CBDCs. So all of this international infrastructure is going to be built up. It will be a world-o. They just won't call it a world-o. You'll never have a world yeah, in they your call pocket, it ripple. but it will exist.
0: <laughs> they call it Ripple. You know, This is why yeah, Ripple is exactly. a big thing. A lot of people don't know and, I, you know, and I'm not the expert, but as I understand it, you know, banks need, you know, between themselves, some rapid digital currency. You know, the money transfers, they go back and forth, the balance stuff, they're not. Let me tell you who doesn't want to wait on their money. The banks, okay? You know, they're going to they have a system. Well, one of those things that they use is a crypto called Ripple. That's why Ripple was such a big deal. Everybody, oh, got to get Ripple. But it didn't have any of the fundamentals. You know, it didn't really have a limit on it. There was, it was just a mechanism for trading quickly back and forth, verified, you know, it's just all the benefits of a cryptocurrency, you know, without all that, you know, decentralization thing. You
1: know? Yeah, exactly. And, that pesky, you know, freedom stuff. Right,
0: right, right. right. Freedom crap. So the everybody, oh, got to get some Ripple. guys. I go, man, why? They go, oh, it's going up. Why? You know, there's no fundamental. The there's no limited, you know, amount. There's no, you know, a lot of the, you know, benefits of crypto. But it was just the buzz, you know. Well, they yeah. did. I had, you know, some friends made a bunch. I said, some people lose a little bunch of money too. And I, the um, Phoenix Crypto here, Doug Hodges, that owns a bunch of ATMs in the valley here, and so on. And uh, he has a shirt made, and he goes, "Don't ask me about Ripple." Everybody's oh, I want to get to it. He goes. Don't ask me about Ripple. I mean, it got that bad. You know, he's like, yeah, don't even ask. I don't want to talk about it, you know. And um, so this is what's happening now. We started to hear about thing, SDRs. And you go, special drawing rights. What the hell is that? They just make this crap up as they go along. Well, special, special drawing rights is you get the draw against a, basket, a cur- basket of currency. Well, who does this? Is it the World Bank, IMF? Is it the banking system itself? Who knows? It, 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 it changes all the time, anyway. I wouldn't trust my money. Yeah, give me some more. I bought some more silver yesterday. Got a deal. Got these. I go boom, done silver. I just you know whatever I could do to buy it and not get rid of it because I know it's going to be worth a lot more. You know, some year. I mean, whatever the hell that. Or do you keep saying? I go. well, I've been saying it since it was like six dollars. So I mean, you know, it's like up. You know. But the um uh, special actually. Drawing, can right? I
1: ask you a question on that? Sure. Um. Because you're always always talking about stacking silver, how much silver do you use in your day to day transactions?
0: Um, I used to use it a lot more, like I used to use crypto, and it was to promote its use. You know, that's when mm-hmm. we had the silver dimes right. and the silver. Because yeah, there's one that. thing to
1: stacking, but if no one's using it, you know, well, what's it worth?
0: Well, we did. You know, we started. We had the um uh, silver calculator, which was a a app on your phone that you could go to these festivals. that A lot of times didn't have cell phone coverage, so you couldn't do mm. like a spot, you know, thing. And you do all right. Well, how much a dollar amount? And I would put in the calculator. I got quarters or silver dimes or whatever. Boom, and it would tell you how many and what to exchange. And you know, we did that for that reason. It was kind of a you know black market Friday thing. You know, we've always been doing stuff like that. So, but right when we started that, and it was get all aboard the love train, which was a silver bullet. Commercial for Coors at the time. And we had Logan, you know, get all aboard the love train and Silver, you know, Silver Bullet and doing that. I mean, we had a great campaign. It was, you know, informative as hell. We had a lot of fun and uh, did lots of, lots of transactions. I mean, we do silver all the time. And then crypto came and it kind of both, you know, I take my profits in crypto, you know, and some silver when I think, ooh, I made a well, I'm getting me some silver now. So um, we did used to use silver a lot. Whenever we would get any things on Craigslist or do we made a big campaign out of it, do I get a discount if I pay you in silver? And it'd be amazed, you know, one out of 10, they go, hell yeah, you know. So go, all right, all right, all right. Damn it. you know, I'd like to rather keep it. But, you know, it was just part of, you know, trying to get it into popular use. And that's why we did
1: yeah. silver dollars That's what, I, that's an incredibly important part of this. I mean, it's one thing to stack, it's another thing to use. How about I humbly suggest this? Instead of, well, not instead of, but in addition to Cash Fridays or Black Market Fridays, let's also, pimp, I don't know, Silver silver Sundays, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, well, well of course, uh, we, we encourage the use of silver on Black Market. You know, that's, you know, like yeah, uh, my yeah, you know, silver used in a lot. So we always, you know, use silver in – because the way I used Bitcoin is a lot of these guys, they, they just – couldn't get enough bitcoin you know they would do services graphic art do this you know every you know work grunt work you know plant trees i mean whatever the hell to get crypto well i to encourage its use but i get a heavy discount and i go yeah i'm satisfied i'm paying half what i would normally in dollars but of course they're feeling good about it or they wouldn't have done it because they knew it was going to go up and they you know just how much can i get so it's like doug smoothie selling smoothies smoothies for bitcoin when it was six bucks and now it's not six bucks anymore. And I I got a gazillion stories on that. But the reason was we shifted from silver to crypto more was the promotion of the concept of, of crypto, uh, just like we were pushing silver. Except now it's more like, yeah, you got to start thinking in terms of silver. So we still have silver calculators are now a popular thing online. You can get them. And the only reason we turned ours off we didn't upgrade it, it was because google on the play store kept insisting that every the changes that we had at Phone home of who was using it and how and what they were doing mm. or something i go no we're done you know i i you know that's the last thing i want to do is encourage people to use silver and then the man knows they're doing it. so um uh i don't know if i'll go in to using silver a lot but I'll take it, you know. And I have, you know, audience and people that just send me. I got a, you know, a a listener in Georgia, you know, out of Atlanta, and he just sends me silver all the time. And I'm going, or her, I mean, they don't even want to say. You can't even tell. But it's just old silver coins taped onto a sheet of paper, and he just mails it, you know. And I go, this is awesome, you know. But um, so I I really appreciate the use of silver, but I don't know – um, that I want to, cause it's going to go up so much. And I'm just like, that's why every chance I get, I buy, well, like, you know, I, I got a deal, you know, we traded out some whatever yesterday and kind of, you know, and I, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll pay you this in silver or pay me in silver. I give you a discount, you know? Th- th- so I, I'm definitely doing trading in silver.
1: Yeah. This goes back to, to the, one of the, I don't know, a problem, I guess, that, uh, that I always point out with these things is that unfortunately, we've been conditioned to believe that the store of wealth and the medium of exchange and the, uh, the measure of value are all the same thing. It's the dollar. They're all the same thing. So we don't we can't even separate those concepts in our head. But what works as a store of wealth will not necessarily work as a medium of exchange and should not necessarily be the unit of account, right? These are separate concepts. And uh, because we're, we've been conditioned to believe it's all one thing, people always go back to the one thing. It's like, you either believe silver is the one and only money or, you know, I won't have anything to do with you, you shill, or, or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Well, we I, saw I th- gold I'm order. always for the big basket of lots of different things, yeah, whatever freedom. is working. You know, exactly. you know,
0: that was one thing that Ron Paul really went on about legal tender laws. He goes, that's what the problem is, you know, is what they're saying, yeah. what you can, yep. can't, the crown says, you know, mm-hmm. but um, store of value for me probably would be stuff, you know, I, I, you know, it's like, you know, silver just delayed spending for me. I mean, when it gets to a certain point, I can trade it in for all the stuff mm-hmm. that I was going to get anyway. But, um, uh, well, how uh, about land?
1: Where, where did you get to? Because I know that was your big kick a year or two yeah, ago about no, land.
0: We're still looking. It's just way too expensive now, and I know it's going to go down. And here yeah. in Arizona.
1: But I was wondering about the you You were really trying to dig up about title and whether you can really own the land without the crown's permission kind of thing.
0: Um. Well, we've done that. We've done experiments with that. You know, we did uh, as an experiment years ago, bought at a uh, tax auction, you know, in northeastern Arizona, not too far from show. I got like an acre and a half up there. And we did that just to demonstrate, you know, that you can do it. Because when you take possession and you do a, a bid, you bid on it, you know, at an auction, and it was, you know, like nothing, it wasn't that much. But um, we get that, and I say, all right, I want it titled to the trust of whatever. You know, it's called, you know, whatever trust. I just made up a name. So um, we take all that information. Now, I have the highest um, demonstration of ownership of this land. So I get, you know, they, they send me the, uh, the information I got, you know, taken by this trust. It's this description and plot. And then you're supposed to go to the county that we bought it in and you would register it. Well, the second I do that, hey, Ernie's got some land over there. We're so appreciative that you told us about your land. And I'm going, nah, all they really care is you pay property taxes. Well, it being rural, whatever, I don't know, it's 60 bucks a year or some crap like that, right? There's nothing on it. But it's a nice place, you know, I'd, I'd rather have it than not. And we went and visited, Donna and I went and visited it last summer. And I go, wow, man, you know, trees are doing well. It's come, it's nice, you know. So uh, Walmart's not down the street, but that was kind of kind of the allure, you know, to begin with. So what happened was we took that information, put it in a safe, had all that, you know, they want to challenge some court, and you got it, and you can't, and always, what, oh, yeah, whip that out. Because the only purpose that you have to go into county recorders for them to record your ownership well i don't trust them you know and i don't want them to know anyway it Ain't none of your damn business you know i got you know where i recorded my ownership this year right here that i got that i bought and the paper i got from the government when i paid them in the auction of bite me okay so that was do i own this yep let me tell you what they're doing Year after year, they're taking their property taxes. I can tell you that, you know. And we do it in a money order that we get at, you know, the local convenience store. And we send, you know, Donna, once a year, she'll go do that. Yep, it's mine. They, they took, and here's the, it marries this, and you took the money, and it's mine, 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 mine. So um, can I own it and it be mine and they don't know? Yeah, you know. But when they want to freaking, whatever yeah, the hell they want to the do. When you do stop paying, paying
1: your tax or you try to build something without their right. permission. That's right. when,
0: so yeah. now here in the Valley, it is, I mean, it's easy two, three times what we could have bought it for a couple of years ago, but I've gone through this three or four times here in Arizona and it's always Arizona and Nevada. And then it bleeds out in the Southern California and Florida and Texas and whatever, but it's always Arizona, man. Arizona has got this real estate thing. And what happens is it blows up like it always does. And then it just goes to nothing. And it'll drop 40% or more. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know, how much it'll go. And I'm going, yeah, I got to be patient. You know, and we got a lot of things to do. We're comfortable where we are. It's going to start getting too hot here in the next couple of weeks. So we're starting to travel. We'll probably go to... Uh, Sunday, we got to go to LA in the bus. There's a big gathering there. We had Dale Big Tree will be on tomorrow, you know, talking about this big event this weekend that, you know, we're probably going to take the love bus there and go be somebody. And then I didn't plan on that. I had extra time to get stuff like doll. Oh, Bam, another thing. <laughs> so, you know, then right after that, I got to go to Mike Swatek in uh, Oklahoma for MidFast and then FloatFast right after that will be speaking. There's a lot of IPFS stuff going on. Thomas on the uh, Pirate Box Project just sent me banner ads. He's ready to start selling his Pirate Box and Pirate Sticks. Then we have the, um, uh, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but um, the teenagers in the United Kingdom Are working on setting up a Matrix server. Yeah, I talked to you. It's not Mastodon, it's kind of like a Twitter replacement. Matrix is more like the Discord replacement. And they each got their own issues and outsquit it and centralized, you know, decentralized more here than there and all that kind of crap. But what they wanted to do, these teenagers in the United Kingdom were unvaccinated teenagers, homeschooled, that wanted to have their own community and created their own um like school and you know and the social structure that they had and all and all of a sudden here comes legislation out of parliament that like they might as well just put their name on it they're like yeah. anything that people are talking about and teenagers that are being free and aren't, you know zeig highland to the narrative of whatever will therefore be banned kind of deal and that's why they contacted us because they were like you know Heard an IPFS discussion you and I had had, and this is a solution to what they're doing. T- so we're walking them through that. Well, now it's a home school project for these guys, and they keep me in the loop, and all their texting back and forth and all the stuff that they're doing. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Well, when I go to Oklahoma, Mike Swatek is um, now starting. He's been making all the air creep blocks. Now he's starting to assemble the dome. You know, he's not starting to do the experimentations of the basalt, you know, mesh and how, yada, 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 yada. So uh, that's what I went up yesterday to ashworth Adams to get my stamp press that makes the geodesic domes. He was using it up there while we were on this trip. But I need it. So now I, you know, I went and got it. And that thing weighs a good billion pounds, you know, lifting that a thing. So anyway, you know, I got it down here. We're going to be doing some stuff. Then. I'm you know, uh, going to take that up to Washington State and start customizing some domes that we got up there and start building. So by the end of this summer, I'm hoping that the land thing will be more on the front of our list. Because Donna's a real estate, and she keeps track of all this stuff. You can see it going up and down. But it's starting to do this. It's going up, and it's starting to plateau. And it's starting to go down. It's kind of, you know, this is when it happens. Here we go. And when they start to raise interest rates just a little bit, the principal starts going because they're selling a, a, a payment. So, what they do is they lower the principal, and then you know, however much interest goes up, and you're still buying this payment that you're getting because they don't even know what it costs. They don't care. You know, people, are like, I got to have a house, you know. So, they go get it. And, um, but the principal, especially when they start raising the interest rates, then I remember in the 80s there was this cash to mortgage thing where you'd have, you know, people would self-finance or you'd take over their loan. All these different programs, they either did or didn't exist before They're coming, the Ninja Loans, no no income, no job, you know, give me a freaking house anyway kind of stuff. This is all coming to an end again. And when you watch the big short and all the stuff that they were doing, you know, these... Um, it's just all these derivatives and financing of creative. Everybody gets to have some kind of crap. And then the, they go on auction and they get sold for nothing. They take them as toxic assets on the Fed's balance sheet and give dollar for dollar for them. And then they got to liquidate. But then they liquidate to big banks that buy them up pennies on the dollar, not one at a time to Americans. That would make more money. They just you know take it all in one big swath and then do it all over again. You know, this is what's happening. There has to be a stop to it at some time. And one thing I want to talk is just a sign of all this stuff. And you go, man, what the hell's got to happen? Elon Musk buys 10% of Twitter. And he's going to go in and do something. Yeah, I you know,
1: was waiting but, for that. So when are you going to tell the audience you're off the IPFS bandwagon? Get rid of IPFS. Twitter's the way of the future, guys. <laughs> You know, it, Your it's, boyfriend has bought into it. Right, so right, right. Now you can.
0: You know, well, the main thing, I was kind of hoping that, you know, he or someone else would just, uh, and like Trump keeps whining about it, you know, have an alternative. But there really are alternatives out there. For some reason, um, they got to have Twitter. And he's just such a Twitter Yeah,
1: Twitter has a strange control over people, doesn't it? I, I, there's a I lot of stupid it. social media out there, Facebook and Insta and whatever, TikTok. But people don't seem to be as attached to it as they tend to be with Twitter, and I don't get it. I was on Twitter from, what was it, 2011 to 2017 or whenever I I gave it up. And I I remember even at the end, myself, I was thinking, you know, I, I do need it for the headlines. It's good for getting news. Since deleting it i have had zero regret zero i'm like why on earth was i ever on there in the first place it's a stupid platform but people have such an attachment to it it's well
0: did you interact on it did you use it yeah you
1: get caught up into it of course and you just talk to people and you follow certain accounts and it's this whole space and the weird thing is everyone in that space thinks that that conversation that's happening on twitter is so important and I'll be so left out if I'm not part of it. And once you're out of it, you're like, man, that's such a weird, closed little universe.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have, um, it's called, uh, Rhea Phoenix. I think it, I think that's what, it, you know, Haria Phoenix. Uh, yeah, Donna puts it, we have, yeah, I do not know if I spelled it right. Um what we did is we have a you know Twitter in Arabic. And what we do is we post to Haria yeah Haria Phoenix on Twitter. And what we do is we post on Haria Phoenix in Arabic. Nah. You know we translate it into Arabic. Yeah, Freedom's Phoenix Haria Phoenix is Arabic for Freedom's Phoenix, okay? So what we do is we put up see what's this uh 21 so it's been a while since she's done. I have to get on her. But what the? Um, so when you have uh, the Middle East is in the news. I mean, it's some big. Oh my God, we're going to war again with something. Okay, you know. And I guess this is when Afghanistan, you know, went down or something. The last time we did it. But um, Haria Phoenix for um, Facebook and Twitter. And what it was is we would take all the news that we get. You know, about the middle, this was what white man says about the Middle East kind of deal, right? And then we translate it into Arabic and we put it up. This is what, you know, they're saying. You know, people will get translated. Oh, you don't know. Hey, man, I'm not, I'm not, you know, in addition to making Donna do
1: all this work, you also make her become fluent in Arabic and translate all the articles.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's kind of, she's got a system down. Does it, we do it on Freem's Phoenix too. The reason we did that was when Arab Spring happened. You know, when Arab Spring was going, I'm going, you know, they're just lying sacks. I, I watched this, and then we did translations of different stuff, and we just got, and that's when the Mossad came after us, and we got DDoSed big time. But fortunately, yeah. you know, I had, uh, you know, geeks that knew what was what and attorneys, and we had some fun with it. But the um, um, Twitter was never social. Well, Freedom's Phoenix is my social media. Hell, your comment section is your freaking social media. You know, I mean, why? You know, so it doesn't affect yeah. us as much as a lot of people. Yeah. But man, they are freaking IV drug user right into freaking Twitter to the point, exactly,
1: including Elon and everyone right. else. And yeah. Would, why imagine a different alternative when we could just take over this one and use it for good?
0: <laughs> um, <what laughs> says do you the is uh,
1: DOD contractor.
0: What do you think is going to happen?
1: Uh, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I really don't care. Social media big tech social media is uh, i'd like to think here's my aspirational viewpoint i'd like to think that the young people of today do not care about it nearly as much as the older generation do because yeah. the young people are looking woo-woo. for the the matrix or whatever they you know the and i don't mean the movie the matrix i mean what you're talking about the alternative um decentralized platforms the ways they can actually communicate i i'd like to see that become The cool thing, because the cool thing is never what your adult parents are telling you is the cool thing. Hey, Twitter, everyone's on Twitter. Like, of course, it's going to be uncool simply by association. The, The point is stepping into that void with something genuinely free. And going, hey, this is what the internet used to be like, guys. Before you were, when you were a little twinkle in mummy and daddy's eye, this is what pe- people were doing online. Freedom, you know. Amazing. You know, we have Imagine a story
0: that. that is Dorsey saying that. You know, in response to
1: yeah, you know, yeah.
0: Elon going on. He goes, I remember. When the internet used to be blah blah blah, and I know I'm part to blame, and I'm yeah, come back to do it. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was a good quote. I should uh, we should read it directly. But he said something about how um, centralization of identity and uh, and and something else in in corporate hands was a horrible thing for the internet. Something along those lines, and that's exactly right. And that's exactly what social media did. They took the at the very least, you know, blogs and GeoCities and all of everyone had their own Web page and their own blog. And even that was somewhat centralized because everyone was using GeoCities or Blogspot or these control. But at any rate, everyone had their own page, but it turned it into this corporate centralized model. Everyone's on Facebook and you get your Facebook page. And that's, of course, controlled in every possible way. That was the death knell. And as we pointed out, that was also the death knell for things like RSS. Like, why, you know, you don't need to actually subscribe to people's RSS feeds. Just subscribe to their Twitter feed. What could go wrong? Oh, what Twitter feed? It was just deleted. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's it, it's pert- such an insidious thing. And Jack, Jack Dorsey pointed it out correctly, actually. And uh, my understanding is that was two days before Elon did his uh, purchase.
0: Really? All that's right.
1: what I... Remember reading, anyway.
0: Yeah, I was never... You could tell, like, when uh, Dorsey... I I don't even know if I watched all of it. I just couldn't take it, you know, um, when he was on Rogan, you know, because mm. Rogan kind of let him slide a little bit, and his audience just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. So he had know. him come back, you know, and he goes, all right, all right, I kind of, you know, kid-loved you a little bit, you know, so what the hell, you know? You know answer yeah. for your crimes, Mr. Dorsey, you yeah. know? And um, so a lot of these guys got into it. They were just like everybody else. Yeah, they get into it, and then here comes NQTel with a bunch of money, and you're going to do yep. it our way, and yep. you know this too be yours. You my know. take, my
1: take on that. I think Dorsey isn't like a Zuckerberg or one of the or a Gates or someone like that. He's not trying to be part of the big boys club. He's kind of actually a little bit on the outside, but he clearly allowed the takeover of Twitter, and it moved into this other thing. And he's it's not like he's really fundamentally calling it out that statement the other day is about the most he's ever said about it but my take is he's not part of the inside you know big tech boys club um but he is just yeah, by virtue I'm looking for of his theory.
0: quote here what because he, he had he said something really good about i know what you're talking about you know it's uh um, yeah but then what's his face um uh, uh CEO Parag Agrawal Growall, whatever the hell his name is, you know the guy that became CEO after Dorsey.
1: Yeah, 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 You yeah. know,
0: so he's going. Oh, I'm excited to share that we're appointing, we're appointing, you know, we're you know, we're appointing because we're hell of human beings. <laughs> Elon Musk to our board. Through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it became clear to us that he will bring great value to our board. You know, I'm going. Yeah, like
1: he brings great value to the U.S. Department of Defense through his uh, DoD right. cutout Starlink, right?
0: I'm, I well, Starlink. You know, they're starting to go mobile now. You know, they're, you know, making it where it's mobile. They're starting to go. I'm, I'm seeing Starlink all over the place, man. All everybody's getting. Yeah,
1: it. almost like it's a part of the U.S. government that's being funded into existence. The Rokita. Almost, I don't know.
0: almost. <laughs> Okay,
1: I got to I got to get going. But before we go, I want to bring it back because I think we're on an important subject here. The uh, obviously what is happening geopolitically is fundamentally a financial changeover. It's about the monetary base. It's about things like the the petro ruble or whatever is being constructed right now. But the more important point for the listeners out there is, okay, what can we do? To get out of that, decentralized, get off of their controlled systems. And we're talking about silver or buying land or that kind of thing. So on that note, I wanted to ask you what your take is on Libra land, seasteading, those kinds of ideas. Is there anything out there that actually interests you in a sense like I could get really get behind this or is it just kind of? out there
0: well fortunately you know we we get a lot of attention for us covering a lot of this stuff because a lot of people do exactly what you're doing now you know a lot of wealthy guys a lot of my friends and so on they'll say ernie you know uh what do you think about this should we this or what is this going to be a thing you know i'm you know what should we do and um they have money and they can sling around you know and buy a condo on the world ship of whatever the hell or do something they're 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 they 're kind of losing interest you know because it 's always somebody coming I remember Honduras was a big thing you know the, these you know city states that they were going to allow, and then they challenge it. you get the left to challenge you 're not allowed to be free, and the Supreme Court you know will uphold that, and then they 'll con in their um, uh, legislature they 'll change the constitution to be able to allow it. so now Honduras can have you know free states and do this kind of stuff, but it always comes down to what I always say: what do I have to do what can 't I do, and what 's your conflict resolution? And they don't think it through. They're always thinking about them. It's the corporate HOA of Zig Heil yeah. of sign here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're right back where you started. So yeah. I'm going, I am not for, I just want to be left alone. I'm looking for leave me aloneism. Who allows for that? That was America. That was what it used to be. You could go to America, get a plot of whatever, and peace out and let me know how it works out. And if it doesn't, somebody else will buy it. That is the attitude that I think is what is under attack. They can't yeah. allow examples of people being left alone and having their Waco fam, multiple families, eighty kids. of You get attacked. I mean, you know. So and I, that was active verbiage by the Clinton administration in the '90s with Janet Reno. Mm-hmm. These God fearing, Bible believing, yeah. waiting mm-hmm. for the resurrection kind of whatever the apocalyptic, they must all die, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that was the rhetoric that they were doing. Yeah, where it used I think be- you're
1: right about this because it was always propaganda and baloney to a certain extent, but it was the genuine spirit that a lot of people really believed in a couple hundred years ago that most people do not believe in now, do not even recognize anymore that that spirit has been absolutely yeah. drilled out of
0: it's not the Americans, let alone
1: anyone else. It's
0: not that they don't support it or don't believe in it you know, or that it's possible, it's being beat out of this society as an option. It's, you know, and replaced with, you know, transgender third graders. Well, I don't see even a
1: lot of people clamoring for it, though. That's the thing. I don't see people trying to get back to Leave Me aloneism. I don't think they even They're have the vocabulary gonna, right, for it. I don't they think do they it? even identify it. How
0: are they going to do it, James? They're going to vote harder? I definitely get
1: those <laughs> people. They're
0: going, no, We come on, Ernie. We got to get, you have to get in and do. I'm going, no, Ernie, I don't. Trump
1: 2024,
0: all your problems solved. Oh, no, man. More entertainment. More entertainment. You know, it's going to be more. You know, we had the Trump report last week. We do it tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, Dr. Frank, you know, he is, because Peter Schiff was always about, you need to rent instead of buying homes because it's doing whatever. And he kind of took that as gospel and didn't buy a home. Well, things change. I mean, you know, you, you know, here you buy, here sell, here do whatever. He moved to Puerto Rico. I mean, you know that kind of crap. Well, I wanted to ask. You, I go fine. So get him on. So Peter Schiff came on the Trump Report this last week. So Frank got that, you know browbeat him. Well, it seems like it's 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 always a, it depends thing. I'm like oh man, you're killing me. You know. <laughs> So, it's, um, so it was an interesting conversation. Things have changed, and it's going to get down to where we didn't really get to spend a lot of time on it like I, I, I wanted to. But it is um, when the abandonment of the petrodollar goes, this is going to be much more devastating to your individual quality of life here in America very, very soon. Way more than even I think I can articulate. And they'll go, well, you really think it's going to be that bad? I think it's going to be worse. And they'll go, well, what do you mean? It's going to be worse. On every freaking level, you're not going to be able to, you know, buy. the answer's going to be yes. It's just going to be how much. I mean, it's going to be there. It's just going to be how much you're willing to pay. So, um... That's what we really need to steal ourselves towards. That's why I'm glad we're doing Black Market Fridays. We're yeah. pushing, you know, the agorist hosting. We're working these teenagers around the world on them creating their own system just to be left alone. We're advocating for being left alone and getting land here when it gets down to where, you know, I can make the exchange. You know, I'm finally okay this for that. And I do because I really need a place. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. And, you know, after this summer, I'm going to be really more hard pressed on it because we kind of held it off a year because I just like, nah, I I still got a lot of stuff to do. I can't settle yet. You know, I got stuff to do anyway. So, you know, hopefully we'll see what happens. It does need to be in Arizona because, and Donna's kind of, you know, her radius has gone out a little bit. We're finding a lot of nice places, but um Southeastern Arizona rock. I was like, yeah. I hadn't been down there enough mm. and I'm going, man, this is. There's some nice communities down here, but we got to be close enough to grandkid soccer games kind of deal. That's the promise. And um, so I, I do know that the audience and I'm, before you go, real quick, just, you know, are you going to be in Japan, in Western Japan? I mean, is that, you know, you kind of got it going on there? That's what you're going to do?
1: That is the plan. And I'm making contacts with people. And I know some people in bug out areas and that sort of thing. So
0: they I have bug outs in Japan? I'm- is that even legal to think about?
1: <laughs> well, there are communities that uh, are more or less, if not off-grid, at least uh, more self-sufficient, shall we say.
0: Now, of course, your wife is, cha- is Japanese, right? That's right. You know, is she, is she Japanese-Japanese or is she America-Japanese?
1: She's Japanese-Japanese. She lived in Canada for a year or two. but
0: uh, Okay, so she knows who the Beatles are. I mean, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, through me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, medium anarchy. You know, the, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm.
1: Oh, James Evan Pilato says hello, by the way.
0: No, okay. Yeah. You know, I. I don't know. You're like shielding me from him. Like he needs to come on the show one no, time. No, no, no. So it,
1: get in touch with him. He's yeah, always I, saying hi to you. I always forget to say. You hi know, to You
0: know, I, what I really want to do is I, I'd like to talk to him about what he does and his music and how that you know hmm. plays. You know, that's that's that sounds like he doesn't do
1: a lot of interviews anymore. But uh, I'll I'll ask him if he'd be. Yeah, interested yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll, we'll we'll work it out. So I, I'd really anyway. I really got to get going. going. Yeah, Sorry. Thanks for spending the time and answering the question. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. We'll communicate over the week. I'll get you up to speed. Uh, Awesome. Going on. All, All right. right. Peace, brother. Bye. Take care, man. Bye, bye.